Is one AFC West sophomore going way too late in fantasy pros drafts? Should Javante Williams be trusted in FFPC main event drafts right now? And which NFC North rookie is getting way too much hype this season? Plus, a first-time FFPC player and an FFPC pros versus Joe's Joe will be uh, on the show tonight. His name is Josh Lass. He's going to talk to us about uh, the, the step he's made from his home leagues up to the FFPC main event where he's going to be going for a million bucks. And he's going to talk about how he's going to try to take out those pros and the other Joes in his pros versus Joes draft coming up on Sunday night. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. From the pressure, I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you, Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome into the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. You know me from the HSFF Hour, obviously, the FFPC, the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown, and of course, the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. Uh, my co host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. You know him from the KFFSC. His name is Farrell Elliott. He's going to be joining us shortly. Before he does, I do do want to remind everybody about a few things that are going on that are pertinent to you winning a million dollars this year in the FFPC. Uh, right now, you can sign up for Fantasy Pros Drafts. For the first time ever, we are giving away a $1 million grand prize. It's never happened before, and those drafts are popping off each and every day. Uh, we're getting more and more filling every day. If you sign up for one, you probably won't be waiting for long. $1 million, once again, is the grand prize in that. You can sign up for it at myffpc.com. What Josh Latz, our guest tonight, is involved in is the FFPC main event. We gave away a million-dollar grand prize last year. We're giving away another one this year. $200,000 runner-up prize, $6 million uh, prize pool. It's, it's awesome. It's going to be great. And you can compete in that right now at myffpc.com and go for a million bucks. Now, if you sign up by midnight Pacific time uh, this, uh, this Monday, uh, you will have the opportunity, You will, and, and you're paid in full, you will have your draft slot by July 31st, a week later. That means whenever you're drafting coming up for the FFPC main event, you're going to know what slot you're going to have. There'll be plenty of time to prep for it. You can you know, warm up with some fantasy pros drafts, some of the other drafts that we have going on with the FFPC. You can do that as well at myffpc.com. If you cannot get enough of fantasy football, and quite frankly, if you're watching this, you probably can't, make sure you are playing Dynasty Fantasy Football. It's fantasy football 365 days a year. We've been offering Dynasty Leagues at the FFPC for well over a decade, 1,400 plus leagues and counting, and count them zero have ever folded. That means when you join an FFPC dynasty, you don't have to worry about shady commissioners. You don't have to worry about people just bowing out and destroying the league. Uh, we take care of all that. We have commissioners that take care of all that. And uh, you, all you have to do is sit back and enjoy, send your trade offers, make trades, do the rookie draft, manage the team during the season. 
It's a lot of fun. MyFFPC.com is where to go for that. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified on this video anytime we go live. And we are going live a ton over the next month and a half before we're in Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas for the FFPC live events. Let's welcome him in right now, ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable Farrell Elliott. Farrell, it, it feels like it's been a month since you and I have done a show together. And I don't think that's far off. I think it has been about a month since we've done this show together. Uh, well, you know, first it was uh, Aaron Rodgers leading the fact that you Wisconsinites like to go spend time in the woods, and you, you know, get, and, and then you follow suit, and it, it's great, and, and and you know, and and I did, I had some things that precluded me from activity, but nothing bulky will keep us apart for long. As there's nothing I'd rather do than talk fantasy football with you. Well, it's, it's going to be great. I mean, this is we have a lot to, of news and, and, and stuff to get to. And something that we've never done on the show before is have a guy on, a, a guest on, who has literally never drafted in the FFPC before. That's going to happen tonight as well in about 10 minutes when Josh Latz joins the program too. So we're going to get a lot of information out of him, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to get a, a perspective from somebody who's never drafted in the FFPC, maybe figure out what we're missing talking about on this show. Like uh, um, John H. in the YouTube chat right now who wants to know what is the best draft spot to to select from this year. And I don't you know, it is number one, Pharaoh. That it's number one for you. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what's so funny is like I, I feel like if I told you, if I asked you this off air, and we're just like, you know, chopping it up back and forth, just having a casual conversation, I feel like you'd be the type of person that would make the argument like, well, I really like the one spot bulky, but on the other hand, it. You know, the, the middle looks kind of juicy this year, but I'll tell you what, nothing beats the end of the draft. Those 10, 11, 12 spots, that's where you want to draft if you can't go in the four, five, six. And if you can't get the one, two, or three, which I like there as well, I feel like you can make a case for all 12 spots, as I probably could too. You could, but if you have the number one spot, they can't start the draft without you. So, you know, that gives you an advantage. <laughs> that's a great point. Dizzle says he likes the three where you get Kelsey or Christian McCaffrey. You know, what's funny is I have seen a few drafts this year where both those guys were off the board at the three, but if that's the case, then you get Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. Not a bad consolation prize there as well. Uh, let's get into it tonight, Farrell. I don't, you know, there's there's some late-breaking news that came up um, prior to the show starting after I had already prepared the rundown. We'll get into that if we can, but I do want to get to the stuff um, that I have listed on here. Melvin Gordon is no longer a free agent. He is in Baltimore. Uh, he signed uh, a one-year deal worth up to $3.1 million. Now, last year, he was on the Kansas City practice squad. He didn't play a snap for the Chiefs uh, in either the regular season or postseason, but I bet he still got a ring last year. Uh, if he makes the 53-man roster, this would put a dent into, into J.K. Dobbins for sure. Uh, 10 games last season with Denver, 90 rushes, 318 yards, two touchdowns, just three and a half yards per carry. I, you know, I was talking with Andrew Erickson about this, not specifically about um, the, the Ravens running back situation, but, you know, we were talking about um, what's going on in New England as far as working out those running backs. And he said he almost roots for players like this to be signed because he knows they're no threat to, to the starter there. So are we looking at the Melvin Gordon thing of like, okay, this guy is probably not draftable in a 20 round league. Um, but it's also what what's the commentary? What are the Baltimore Ravens saying about J.K. Dobbins? Are they saying we have full faith in Dobbins uh, because we're just going to get this guy who's obviously past his prime, just his depth? Or are we saying, hey, Dobbins is already in the pup. We're concerned about the knee. We need somebody that can get in there, a veteran that can rush the football if we need him to. How do you fall in on this? Um, OK, Gordon, it, it, 
the Chiefs last year may have been somewhat like fantasy players. They said, well, sign this guy. keeps everybody else from signing him. We don't have to play against him. I think Gordon's a very good player. I don't think he's finished. I think he adds a lot in football. And he could steal some touches around the goal line. I think that uh, Coach Harbaugh has a very, very um, quick hook on uh, running backs that don't handle the ball. So Dobbins better protect the ball or any other back. They've had a history in Baltimore of signing aged backs and utilizing them in the, in the offense. I don't know if it affects Dobbins much. I'm glad to see Melvin Gordon uh, get another opportunity. Um, I like Melvin. I like him in the game. Uh, $3.1 million. I, I can't help to think back that he turned down five years for 50 million a few years ago, but that's a whole nother story and long down the road. Um, JK Dobbins. Now the, the, he is going as, um, Running back uh, 18 at the 502, Farrell, would you drop Dobbins below after this signing now that you, you've you already told us that you believe that Gordon has some good football left in him? Would no, you drop no. – you don't believe he does? because no. because Dobbins is going to get his play no matter what. Whatever they script him for, sometimes he might get a couple carries more, sometimes he might get a couple carries less. If he is in the – it, it, you know, if they're salting away a game late in Baltimore, the, you can see a mix of a variety of these running backs. It just depends on the philosophy of the offensive coordinator and how he wants to use these guys. But Dobbins is going to get his. There's enough to go around. The only thing Gordon will do is he may steal some touches around the goal line. If he's on the team, uh, John Terry says, it, it says, you know what, signing Gordon makes Dobbins more attractive. And yeah. to a degree, he's correct. It's, it's, it's just like – it shows that there's not really anyone in the market that you're going to sign to bring in and threaten this player for what our expectations are of him as a fantasy player. What about um, Isaiah Pacheco here? Let's move on and talk about yeah. him. Nate Taylor, who covers the Chiefs of the Athletic, says that Pacheco is, quote, expected to be their starter and handle an increased workload from last season. Uh, Taylor also said that he appears to be ahead of the team's recovery timetable as he's rehabbing both shoulder surgery and hand surgery. Uh, the media didn't expect Pacheco to be out on the field at training camp. He's already practicing. I believe he had the yellow jersey on, so obviously you can't hit him. Um, and he says he feels great. He says he's going to be ready for week one. Pacheco, again, this is off season. We, we always got to filter this kind of stuff out in our brains. He says he's trying to become a better pass catcher. And obviously, if he's a good pass catcher in Kansas City, that would kind of take stuff away from Jarek McKinnon, who would be taking away production and snaps and opportunities for Pacheco. If that's the case, Farrell, Running back 29 is where Pacheco's going right now at the 7-12. He's going behind guys like Swift, Dalvin Cook, David Montgomery, and Javante Williams. Is Pacheco a guy that's going maybe a little bit too late in fantasy pros drafts right now? Yes, and there's the thought that, okay, Pacheco's hurt, so he's going late. And I think when you have a player that has the pall of injury over him, where he's going in the draft and around the players that he's being drafted around, um, I think that's satisfactory for him. Now, we've announced on the show that we think Pacheco has a quick first step. That's what makes him different. He's also part of the Kansas City Chiefs offense, and when you're part of a powerhouse like that, you're going to have the opportunities in the red zone that will give us fantasy points. So I'm a big, big believer in Pacheco. I liked what he did. He was given a limited role last year, and he expanded it. And he's, He plays with the attitude that you're not going to take things away from me. This is my responsibility. This is my backfield. I love what he's brought um, to the Kansas City Chiefs. And, yes, uh, uh, that's why we have an offseason, to get players well. 
I think um, Pacheco is the type of guy. And again, I um, not that zero RB is for everyone, but if you do go zero RB and you end up getting Isaiah Pacheco as your seventh round pick, I think you're doing things right. So that's something to be paying attention to for you zero RB drafters uh, out there right now. I want to get back to to the Patriots situation. So not only did Daryl Henderson work out for the Patriots on Wednesday, but Leonard Fournette did as well. Is this a – should we be seeing this right now, Farrell, through the lens of, okay, Ramondre Stevenson is clearly the most talented guy in that backfield. The Patriots, whatever they do, they are not going to give him a bell cow workload. Um, that's kind of how I'm seeing it right now. And Ramondre Stevenson continues to be drafted high. Again, the ADP that we cite, fantasymojo.com, at fantasymojo on Twitter, Darren Armani, the godfather of the pros versus Joe's competition. He puts all this together, so make sure you're giving him a follow and signing up for Fantasy Mojo service. It is fantastic for an FFPC player. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson still going at running back nine at the 304. Now, you could make the argument, the John Terry argument, Andrew Erickson from Fantasy Pros made this argument to me last night. He's like, I want them to sign Henderson or Fournette because that just means Stevenson is going to be locked in to a, a significant workload, high leverage workload. He's going to get all he can handle because these other guys don't have much left in them. Now, Dizzle is already pointing out in the YouTube chat that he thinks that Fournette um, and Hunt, uh, are, are they have more gas in the tank than Melvin Gordon. That's kind mm-hmm. of a different conversation. But I'm looking at what the Patriots are doing right now. Are FFPC players doing it right with Ramondre Stevenson in the early third round right now? Same thing with Dobbins. Yes, you are. And, it, you know, we're trying – as a front office executive, they're trying to put together the best 90 they can. They're also going to see, you know, because they're already at 90. Some have got to cut players before they can even go to camp. What they're seeing is where these players are today in case they plan on bringing them in. They're going to sit – they're going to take a look at them before camp and get an idea. And, you know, I, I love both players. I, yeah, Henderson is uh, – Henderson is to me a player that deserves on a team. I, I think that there were some issues with him on and off the field and in LA. And, and so I think that uh, Fournette has earned all the consideration to be a player in this league. And both those guys could help in the right situation. But uh, Stevenson, you know, t- don't take your foot off the gas. Keep drafting. This isn't necessarily a fantasy um, piece of uh, information here, but John Terry is citing what, I've been reading the last couple of weeks is that Bill Belichick is on the hot seat uh, in New England coaching for his job this year, Farrell. Can you confirm or deny that or at least tell us if there's any merit to, toward, towards that rumor? Only John Terry would know that. And, you know, I think they have a completely different, you know, he's from Philly, right? John's mm-hmm. from up there. He's, uh, yeah, no, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, John, I, he, I've asked him this before, and now I forget. I don't think he'll really put, maybe he'll put in the chat exactly where he is from, but he may put it in parentheses because he may not want us to know. But nevertheless, <laughs> um, no. His so brain. there's no truth to that. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, I can, I can get on board for that. It's hard for me to believe given everything that he's accomplished, um, you know, in new England with, and well, I guess without Brady um, has not been great, but with Brady was pretty good. Pennsylvania, you are right uh, for John Terry. Let's get Bill into Belichick, got- Bill Belichick uh, released the day before we go to camp. How fantastic. And I don't know what that was great. Josh Latz is coming up, ladies and gentlemen, shortly here. Before we get to him, I want to talk about, uh, again, another running back that's, I don't. I think polarizing is too strong of a word, but Javante Williams tore his ACL last year, really tore up his knee pretty good. Uh, Bron- Broncos head coach Sean Payton says he's optimistic 
about Williams' progress as he's recovering from that injury. This according to Chris Thomason on Twitter. Uh, Williams says the goal is, is to be ready by training camp, So, which is coming up. If they haven't reported already, he's going to report here shortly. It doesn't sound like Dalvin Cook or Leonard Fournette are in any danger of becoming Broncos. Samaj P. Ryan was really the only Broncos running back that they added in the offseason. And, Farrell, if we're looking at what the Broncos are saying by who they are signing and, more importantly, who they are not signing right now, and that Javante Williams wants to be ready for the start of training camp, to me, he's a fantastic bargain. Running back 28 in the mid-seventh round, he's going after guys like Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, James Conner, Damian Pierce. Uh, I love that uh, selection for him there. In fact, if you went zero RB, technically, you could have Javante Williams and Isaiah Pacheco as your number one and number two running backs, and I love that this season. Again, it's early, and these things could change, but the way things are trending right now, I'm kind of becoming bullish on Javante Williams. And I think you should be, Balky. All of the communications that I had uh, is that he was coming along just fine, as expected. You know, ACLs are difficult, but um, players do come back from them, and uh, medical staffs have uh, come a long way in treating them, and and, uh, training staffs have come a long way in rehabbing the player. And time is is the best element there. But um, they uh, (laughs) – there's never a running back that the Denver Broncos don't like, especially the ones they have on contract and they want everybody else's. And these guys that we're talking about uh, uh, Henderson and and Fournette and now Melvin Gordon, all these guys that we're talking about, uh, Denver has signed that kind of guy back in the spring. They already got their guys. They don't really need, they don't really need anymore. And especially if they get Williams back, but yes, and you're just dying to get down here to Louisville and go zero RB, aren't you? You're just dying. You ever seen a guy so anxious to do zero RB? I I mean, Bucky, it just shows you have a tell. You have have a real tell. Well, I probably do. And I did it on, okay. So my zero RB history in Kentucky, not that anybody cares, but I'm going to tell you, this is our show. We're going to talk about it. Um, I did it by accident one year from the 12 spot. I wasn't trying to do it. And it just ended up after we took our first break after the eighth round, I looked and I'm like, oh my God, I went zero RB and I, I didn't realize I did it. Um, and my starting, my top two running backs I drafted, I hit on them both big time. It was David Montgomery and James Robinson. And I'm like, oh, I got to try this again. So then the next year I did it again and it worked out again. I'm like, okay, I'm not doing zero RB enough. So then the following year, I think I did it twice. Last year I did it twice. And let's just say it, it's, a, it's a philosophy and a theory for a reason, it is not fact that it works out for you every time. So I've seen no. the good and the bad with zero RB, but I usually try it at least once in KFFSC every year. I think the best thing for you at the KFFSC is that the breaks are very relevatory for you. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, you could at the end of the fourth round stand up and, and call time out or something. But you being you, people would think that's a new rule or something. <laughs> you could take more breaks if you need them. You've got a very strong history, Balkan. It's always a pleasure to watch you draft. There, there was one Saturday night draft I remember where I probably had a little too much of the Woodford. You? And, yeah, yeah, I know. Shocking. It was probably Jason Kahn. Uh, uh, I don't I think it was. Flame, I, so. I think it was Travis Cox, honestly. Well, that, that he, and I, he and I were buying each other. And um, Jim Cole, our good buddy Jim Cole from the Oregon Territory, Yes. pointed out to me after the 17th round, he said, Balky, you know, you still didn't have a quarterback on your team. I'm like, yes, I do. I didn't have a quarterback on my team at that point. I, and I never, never waited that long again. That team did not turn out well. So Zero QB, buddy. Zero QB. It's I don't recommend we'll get it. it. 
Um, last thing before we get to Josh Latz here, uh, and, and I think this is this is important to bring this up to you, Farrell, from the player-agent perspective. Ian Rappaport reported that the Giants and Saquon Barkley could not come to terms on a new deal ahead of the deadline on Monday. Barkley says that they were – I, I should say Rappaport says that they weren't anywhere close to a deal. So once he signs the franchise tag, if he does, he's going to earn just over $10 million if he wants to get paid last uh, this year. Last year, 1,600-plus yards. 10 touchdowns last season. He's going to be 26 at the start of the season. Barkley also talked about that he could sit out the season. I don't think it gets to be that point, Farrell. I always worry about these guys who sit out training camp in the preseason, and then they come in like right before the, the, the season starts. I worry about injuries for those guys. Can you talk me off the ledge with Barkley? What would you be telling Barkley if you were his agent right now? And really what our viewers want to know is how is this situation going to end up? It, it's a very tough call. One of the things that the, the, you mentioned, the player is only 26. He has survived an injury and has, has bounced his way back. He played four years in the league on 31 million. That's his controlled cost cutting uh, draft pick salary. And then they, the Giants exercised the fifth year option. He played for 7.2 million. Now they want a franchise tag him at 10.1 million. And these are, these are relatively big numbers when you look at them, but when you understand what a terrific player and what an organizational cog this player is for the New York Giants, you begin to say, hold up. Uh, if you're not going to reward this player now, when are you going to reward the player? Are you just going to just keep stringing him along, stringing him along? And, and uh, I believe, I'm not 100% sure about this, but I believe Barkley changed ages to try to achieve this. Ooh. And that's, I think that's correct. The, I probably had to get a fact checker on that. <laughs> but this is a question we could go down the road on, but it, it, it goes around the locker room. And this is a problem you could have with your football team because you've already got a quarterback on a smaller deal. And you go around the locker room, you say, hey, you know what? If, if they're not going to pay Saquon, who are they going to pay? You know, they've got a lot of young players on this team. And I I don't like what they're doing with the player. I think they could find some common ground and go forward and reward the player. I think he deserves it. And that's what makes me think that it could lead to him denying his services. It's not a good idea uh, for a player. And it's, it's painful for the player who has a short career to walk away from the team and walk away from the locker room. And, and it's it's just – but if he's considering it and if he's talking about it, it shows how things have uh, deteriorated. And this is the one running back that, you know, while we're drafting now until he's in camp, I wouldn't draft him. If he's not in camp when we're at Planet Hollywood, I wouldn't draft him unless he just plummets to the, you know, the very end of the single-digit rounds. Then you can begin to assess your risk points. But – Availability is the greatest ability, and this player is telling us he's not going to be available. There is a chance that he's not going to be available. In July, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk reported that Barkley was represented by Rock Nation. He used CAA for his marketing team, but in early June, he added CAA to his NFL negotiations team as well. Uh, Kim Mile of Rock Nation and Ed Perry of CAA are the reps for uh, Saquon Barkley. So he did tweak he's it a little bit. He's got too many cooks in the kitchen now, one that's a basketball agent and one that would have done better to stay in music. So, you know, it's uh, best of luck to this. <laughs> um, so we're not – and Barkley has slipped, by the way, according to the Mojo right now, 207. 
over the last three days in the uh, in the FFPC Fantasy Pros Championship. All right, we have uh, been keeping our guest in the green room way too long. He probably doesn't mind. We have fine champagne. We have cheese and crackers. We have it's sardines. Great. We have everything in there that he could what crab cakes. Really top of the line sardines. It's yeah, really, top of the really line crazy. sardines, crab it's cakes. There's plenty of seafood. There's there's uh, peel and eat shrimp in there as well. But we're gonna pull him out of the uh, the green room right now, ladies and gentlemen. He, he's um. Enjoying his first year playing in the FFPC. We're going to not only see him live in Las Vegas at Planet Hollywood drafting his main event teams, trying to win a million-dollar grand prize, but you can watch him live right here on these YouTube social channels, FFPC social channels, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, on Sunday night when he is drafting his first ever FFPC team as he is one of the Joes representing the FFPC in the 2023 FFPC Pros versus Joes competition. Please welcome into the show, Josh Latch. Josh, welcome in. Thanks for spending your Friday night with us, man. Hey, thanks for having me. And by the way, the sardines are awesome. Uh, I, I, I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Place. yeah. And, and I, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I don't. The only thing I was a little disappointed with is I heard somebody mention Woodford. I'm glad I'm amongst bourbonites, but I didn't see any in the green room. So a little, little disappointed yeah. in that, but overall. Uh, there, there's uh, a here. Hey, Josh, somebody's getting fired. <laughs> well, somebody I'll tell you, has spent their last day in the fantasy industry. I'm gonna oh, tell you, I'm gonna tell you right now, Josh. I'm gonna save Farrell uh here from saying it. But if you want to get in another league and if you want to make a little trip to Louisville, there is plenty of Woodford Reserve at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship the last weekend of August coming up. That and, and we'll I'll give you the you. details on that. Tell you what, uh, Kentucky is definitely dear and dear to my heart. I I, uh, I served uh, in Fifth uh, Special Forces Group um, out of Fort Campbell, Kentucky. So uh, I, I have some history there. So uh, love Kentucky. Definitely, would, I I never say no to another fantasy league, though my wife may trump that. So well, <laughs> well you know, you you, uh, you you served at Fort Campbell, and God bless you for your service, sir. You also know a little bit about Clarksville, Tennessee, and I've yes, got sir, eyes all over that town. So let's make sure that the wife just knows you're coming to Kentucky. That's all we do. <laughs> indeed, indeed, good. Sir. A name like Lats in 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 Clarksville, Tennessee, you cut a wide swath there, sir. Indeed, all indeed. People all right. remember you. So, Josh, I have to ask this now. I don't know if you know this or not. Maybe you do, but I'm I'm basically two Jordan Love Hail Marys southwest of Lambeau Field here. So, not awesome. only did you send me a photo. Of of you at Lambeau Field um, at a at a Packers game, you are wearing the you're carrying the G as we say. You're carrying the G right now, wearing the Packers hat tonight. How how do you become a Packers fan? Not living anywhere well, I, I should say anywhere close to Wisconsin. You live somewhat close to Wisconsin. How did you become a Packers fan, man? Born and raised, man. I uh, really just outside of Milwaukee. Uh, I was born and raised in uh, originally from Germantown, right outside of Milwaukee, and then. Uh, sure. Uh, lived I'm actually going to be, ironically enough, I'll be in Germantown tomorrow morning. That's awesome. Yeah. I, so, you know, I, the Watt brothers grew up in Pewaukee right out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in McGuanago, played football for the Indians, um, went to uh, college at university of Wisconsin, Madison. So I was born and raised. Uh, I, I remember there was one year I played, played football. I think it was, uh, maybe second grade. Uh, and, and our team was the bears. And I told my mom, I was a bears fan. And I think her response was, uh, you, you can feel free to watch any games you want at a friend's house if you can find one that'll watch the Bears. Uh, so that that was kind of my indoctrination and realized that I was probably going to be a lifelong uh, Packers fan and ever since have been. So, yeah, go Pack. And, and a uh, Packers fan and a Badgers fan, which is always great to, yeah. to hear as well. Absolutely. So Badgers. Absolutely. Um, 
So, um, so Josh, when when you are not playing fantasy football, and we'll get into sort of your fantasy career as you are now entering the FFPC as well, can you tell us what you're doing for a living? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, first and foremost, I, I'm raising two young boys right now. Uh, Thank you, my lucky stars. I have an absolutely wonderful, beautiful wife who uh, somehow tolerates me playing as much fantasy football <laughs> as I do. Uh, you know, I'm a bit of a Southern convert, even being born in Wisconsin, uh, having gone through the Army. You know, I, I love the outdoors, fishing, boating, hunting, shooting, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, day job wise, though, I've been uh, working in software engineering for about 10 years now. Um, I, I'm a senior engineering manager at Amazon Web Services, so the cloud computing side of Amazon. Um, and do some pretty cool stuff there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I probably work way too much, but uh, when it comes time, you know, that Q3, Q4 time frame when football comes around, everybody knows why I might not be on some calls late at night. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's what I do uh, do for a living. Good for you, brother. I tell you what, with your profile uh, on the ascension that it is, maybe fantasy football will uh, will become a uh, – a second vocation for you. I, Balky, what year is this for the FFPC? Uh, that's a great question. I want to say we are in year 16. A Dizzle wow. can correct me on that if I'm wrong, but I think it's year 16. You know, John, it, it was 16 years ago that, that I decided that, you know, the first FFPC, I heard about it. I called uh, Dave. We talked. I signed up, and it was very exciting. Uh, from day one, and I, I've been there for all of them, and been blessed to be there. And I'm thrilled you're coming out for your first one. What, what prompted you to join? What, what was the catalyst that brought it together for you? This is something my wife and I actually laugh about a little bit. So I, I've been playing fantasy football really since college. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll probably never forget my first draft. Uh, so I went into college 2001. I think my first draft was 2000 two uh or 2003 the, the lt uh top 10 best years ever fantasy football uh, i got him in the first round uh, and i was hooked um and and so i i you know i started off you know really playing with friends and you know sometimes we put money in trophies whatever but in like 2016 i was reading an article i heard about ffpc um i'm a competitive guy the older you get, you don't get to put the cleats on anymore. So you got to put the fake cleats on. So I put the virtual <laughs> cleats on and I said, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to see if I could take a small sum of money and play some pro leagues. Uh, I played primarily in Yahoo at the time and just see if I could earn enough to, to go into the main event. Um, so I started with uh, about a hundred bucks in 2016. And last year I cleared a cumulative 10 K uh, in about seven years. Good for you, brother. Uh, and so I decided that, we were going to use that to buy two entries into FFPC uh, and then pay for the trip out to Vegas because uh, we wanted to do the live event. Um, and so that, that was also like kind of the, I'll call it the carrot for my wife. It was like, you know, I'm going to go live draft in Vegas, take a few days off work, but we're going to go to Vegas together. And she's like, I'm in, you know, fantasy football sounds awesome now. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got, got into the main event. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. it. Crazy, awesome, you know, really really talented uh, fantasy football players that, that that come in there um and i'm just really looking to see if i can uh, hang with the best uh josh we we do have a question from the youtube chat the ffpc co-founder the dizzle dave gerzak who actually was also born and raised in the milwaukee area i believe greendale i could be wrong on that he'll correct me if i'm wrong uh but he said what would your wife think if you grew your beard out as long as mine currently is which this is about i want to say Roughly 10 and a half months, 10 months worth of beard. 
that I haven't shaved. Um, I haven't trimmed it either. It's, it's very homeless looking. Um, if, if, would your wife be on board with something like this? If you came home and, and you came home with a beard like this, what would her reaction be? I'll tell you what, man, I, Bucky, I might not be able to let my wife see you because uh, she also grew up around the special operations community. She still works for it, uh, actually. So, um, you know, the, the operators like to, to grow them beards long. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think if I grew one of those, she she it might be a turn on. I'm not going to lie to you. So I'm going to have to maybe keep my wife <laughs> right. away from ball. All right. Don't let while. her see this. Don't let I her know, see this. I know. And so she, I think she'd be thrilled if I could grow a beard like that. I get, I get this little kind of crust thing. I don't really grow very well on the sides. Oh so, yeah, yeah, uh, okay. I, I'm I'm totally jealous of that beard. It's uh, it, it took some work, um, but uh, <laughs> but my, I listen, it's whatever. If it turns your wife on, congratulations, because my <laughs> wife would be more turned off by it. It's it's totally repulsive. Loki, we're getting a little personal now. I, I know. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I give her a kiss in the morning, and she says, "Don't kiss me." When you kiss me, it's like a crotch pressed up against my face. That's what she said. And I'm sorry to you. That is what she said. That is, that is every awesome. day. It's like can't even kiss her in the morning. Okay. Josh, your wife now, your your wife now has a, a personality. It's funny because my wife asked me, she's like, Do you mind if I watch? And I was like, I don't know, because you're probably gonna lose your mind if I say certain things. And, then and this what is, is one of those moments name? where I'm like, I'm glad she's not watching right next to me on the chair. Josh, what is her name? My my wife's name is Lily. Lily? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Oh, that's yeah. lovely. I, I Lily laughed. Oh, man. I can't wait. Does she have a sister? Uh, uh, she does. Sister, <laughs> sister's <laughs> also taken, just had her, her, her third child. So we got to, oh. you, 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 you're going to, if you want to, if you want to take in three, maybe there's a chance. I'm not sure. We'll have to. I'll, well, I, uh, I got a big house, but a small bank account. So I guess not. <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, we could accommodate them we on the weekend if you, you know. Um, Josh, I'm going to try to rein it back into fantasy. I don't know Please. if I'm going to be successful here. Um, you have drafted in – you've been playing fantasy football for over 20 years now. Um, the FFPC features dual flex. It features tight end premium scoring. There's a subtle other changes in this. I, have you ever played in a league like this before? And in your in looking at the, the scoring format and, and how the league is structured, what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge as you move from your home leagues to now – adding the FFPC main event into your portfolio. Yeah, I've, I've played a lot of dual flex. I mean, uh, the Yahoo Pro Leagues, um, you know, you, you have you have opportunities across the board to, to play a lot of dual flex. I, I experimented with super flex. It's just frustrating as hell. Uh, so I, I, I kind of stay away from the super flex. I've never played at a tight end premium. And um, I, I'm a big math guy. And so I started kind of trying to crunch the numbers of what this would imply. And I mean, I think we all went through the roller coaster last season with tight ends, um, and and I think the the thing I'm most afraid of is just that roller coaster again. Um, and, and you know, in this kind of a league, you go after a high end tight end, uh, and, and you, you take an injury, you could really crush a season. You know, you can't miss in the first second round. Really, is kind of how it usually plays out. So on the one hand, I'm kind of relishing folks that um, are going to go after a Kelsey in the top five to ten. Uh, but on the other end, I, I, I'm really dreading looking at a board in like round four. Where I've got like Tyler Higby and Cole Komet sitting there <laughs> as like my next best options. Um, so I, I think what I'm going to be doing is, you know, experimenting through a couple mock drafts, uh, do a little more research. Um, but I, I really don't think in this kind of a league you can let it slide past sort of that five, six. Probably Goddard is is the latest that I'd want to uh, be drafting um, and, and really feel good about it with, with this kind of premium scoring. 
Yeah, um, Goddard's actually coming off the board. Tight end seven, uh, where you're looking at him. I, I'm looking at the fantasy pros ADP on this, which is a 20 round that's man. Cheap. League, that's cheap for Goddard. That's cheap right. for Goddard. Like, and, and I look and like, I don't know what's going to happen if he ends up passing Waller or Pitts. I don't know what's going to happen. But you're right. There is a significant drop off when you talk about Goddard going in the mid fifth round. If you want to wait um, after that, you don't have a tight end. You're probably waiting until the mid seventh to look at Evan Engram and Pat Fryermuth. So I think you're spot on with Goddard. Yeah, very good. Agreed. You know, uh, in in the chat, Fuffle Master says there's nothing like seeing Vegas draft live at the FFPC, and he's right. And I think we've exhausted that topic. So I'm going to move on to a fantasy football topic that I'm sure you can answer based on your heritage and that ball cap you have on. Your beloved Aaron Rodgers is now in New York. And so what are you doing with these New York Jets? What are you does, – does how does it affect your perception of this team? I'll tell you what my perception was. My perception was uh, ascending players with opportunities to get better if the quarterback could get it together. He was not a very good or a very accurate quarterback. Now a new quarterback is in town. Your thoughts and how – Will we see a lot of Jets on your roster if the opportunity presents itself? Yeah, I, th- I think it depends. What's really surprising to me is where Garrett Wilson's going right now. Um, like, I-, I want every share of Garrett Wilson I can get. Um, I-, I think he's going to go bonkers. I-, I honestly think he's he's finishing in the top five, minimum top ten. Um, so Garrett Wilson's definitely a target for me. But a lot of Jets, you know, I, I'm really worried about Brees Hall. Uh, I, you know, the, the the timing of his ACL injury, uh, some of the the reports that came out afterwards in terms of how bad the knee was, how good the knee was. It's a little, you know, not sure. Luckily, he's young, so hopefully he does bounce back. He's so talented. I'd love to see him back on the field. I mean, I think everybody was just loving the first six weeks of that, you know, after he, he came in and just what he was doing on the field. Um, the thing that you know, as a Packers fan, um, first of all, if A.A. Ron even watches this thing, I love you, man. I, I, I'm going to miss you. It, it's been a great ride. but He does watch, um, absolutely. I, I hope so. I hope you know, so. Listen, it, it, Josh, as you know, Josh, Aaron Rodgers will tell you he does not watch this. He doesn't pay attention to the high-stakes fantasy football hour. We all know he actually watches it. So this is your this is your, this is is your your way to get a message to him right now. Well, I'll tell you, brother, like, it, it was uh, it was a great ride, dude. Like, I really enjoyed it, uh, and I wish you the best. I, I You know, I, my friends and I, have, and I have joked about it, like, gosh, we – how shitty would it be if we had to watch Aaron win another ring, his second ring with the Jets? Uh, it, it just it would crush our souls. But at the same time, like I'd love to see it. I mean, he 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 is a uh, probably the greatest ta- talent wise. I think he is is the or in the top two or three greatest quarterbacks of all time. Wow. Um, uh, I, I think leadership wise, um, you know, that's always been kind of I think one of the open questions. And so one of the things I'm really interested to see is how he rallies a young team. Um, Because the Jets are a young team. Uh, They do have some veteran presence that they have great defense. And so, you know, I think that's that's one of the things. But their O-line right now, I I just, you know, I have have some doubts. So I'm going to chase Garrett. Uh, I'm not so sure I'm going to chase Brees. And and beyond that, I probably won't have a lot of Jets on my roster. Maybe their defense. When when we we talked about Saquon Barkley at the the beginning of the show, Josh, and and you obviously heard – um, Farrell's um, take on on Barkley while you were enjoying all those sardines in the green room. 
But I, I got to ask you your your thoughts on it. Barkley has now fallen to the 207 in the Fantasy Pros Championship. I'd have to look at the main event ADP. I'm, I'm willing to bet he's right around there as well. Um, are you taking the same approach? Unless he is with the team, you're going to find somebody else to draft in the mid-second round, or are you taking the plunge with him there? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, th- I really think with this kind of risk, depending on where it pans out. So, you know, my first draft in the Joe's vs. Pros is uh, Sunday night. And so you got to – it's a bit of a crapshoot when you're drafting in July. Uh, my live yeah. event drafts are in uh, September 7th. So literally that night is, the I think, the first uh, the first game of the season. So, um, you know, I, I if I'm a Giants fan right now, um, I'm not happy. Like I was a Big Ten guy. I watched Barkley playing in college. Special dude. Uh, between he and Jonathan Taylor, probably two of the best backs that that, that played in college in the last ten years. Um, so if I'm a Giants fan, I really don't understand what's going on here in the front office. You know, <laughs> you, you're going to pay a mid-range quarterback forty million a year, and then take his probably his most reliable and best asset away. Um, this isn't really a team that has the margins on offense to play with, and mm-hmm. with the NFC East being so solid between the Cowboys and Eagles, like. I'm not really sure what they're doing there. Um, that and there's, I think there's been a recipe for these sort of mid-tier quarterbacks, uh, and I'm surprised they didn't follow. Like you, you know, you look at the Tannehill and Henry in Tennessee, you know, Carr and Jacobs uh, in Vegas, even Wentz and JT for a little while there. Uh, you know, and probably this season, Purdy and the Packer running backs that always rolls out in, in San Francisco. But like, it's just surprising to me that they, you know, it doesn't seem like they're they're going to be overly committed to to a running back and i do think barkley's probably worth it um as a fantasy fan though like james robinson like what the hell let's let's roll i mean you know we've seen it before you know what he did in jacksonville uh was pretty impressive i i think uh darren waller is going to have a season no matter what yeah Uh, i i I do think that this is going to bode well for him uh that said barkley's going to play i think he suits up week one I, and, and I'm here for it if that is in, in the case uh, that it happens um, because I'm still I'm still Team Barkley. I still want to see it happen. Although Farrell is giving me a lot to think about tonight. I'm glad I'm not drafting tonight. I'll just say that because I gotta I gotta figure this out in my head before I do. Um, let go go ahead, Farrell. Well, you'll be coming out of the 11th spot Sunday night, and without giving too much away, I'd like to to climb. You you know you're talking about Garrett here. Um, I, I would be. Garrett Wilson, I would be very interested to know um, how different your teams will be from this this in the eleven spot Sunday night until what your team will look at in like in September seventh. Because I hear some drafters say it's early and you just don't know, and then I and I think that that's can be correct. But in September seventh, it'll be late. And you'll think you know, but you really won't know. So how do you balance your – how much does the preseason play in your decisions? How much does – you know, can you see it being so different, your start from the 11th spot this weekend from what you would do when you go to Planet Hollywood? Because I don't think it'll be that different. Yeah, I mean, usually when you're – when, when you choose to play in pro leagues, you're trying to draft as close to the start of season as possible just because of the injury risk. Uh, if you're going to put a few thousand dollars on the table, uh, you want to make sure that you're going to be, okay. especially in the first and second round. You know, if you if you're drafted in July and you got you, you end up with a, a first rounder that, that blows an ACL in the preseason, there's a very good chance you're going to have a rough ride uh, to make it even into the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, much, much less have a run at the, the winning spot. Um, 
in terms of like how different it'll look, um, the preseason isn't what it used to be. I think we all know that now. Like it, most players, most real blue chips aren't playing until you know maybe they're playing a couple of games max. You know they're playing four to six quarters even maybe before the regular season. Um, it, and I think actually eleven. Um, I know that some people are going to totally disagree with me, and I'm going to get blown up in the chat, but. Um, I actually like drafting in the back end because uh, I've historically found that I get a ton of value in the back-to-back, uh, particularly in drafts where um, w- w- if you have to draft early, there's going to be an overemphasis on blue chips that have you know potentially lack of injury history, things like that. So you get these really juicy options in the back end uh, of the draft. And like, you look at ADP right now, you've got folks like Pollard, Hill, Chubb, Diggs. Like, there's just – there are riches sitting there. And in a 12-team league, to pick two of those guys, like, I've got a, I've got an RB1 wide receiver one that's going to – probably both of which will be competing for top three, four at their position. The only thing that sucks is in this tight end premium league, I'm like, well, again, if I'm staring at round four and I've got Komet – you know, it's my next best option. I'm a little bit worried. So I, that's probably the only thing that's, you know, keeping me up at night, if you will. Okay. Your mother was right. Komet's a bear. A bear is never Komet's <laughs> never your next best option. So your mom's right. Second of all, I write down little tips, you know, where I don't forget the people that come on the show. And uh, I appreciate your talk. Balky talks a little bit about coach speak. I think we just had some Josh speak talking about injuries because i wrote down josh Lass does not live in fear and i don't believe you're going to be living in that fear now i'll, I'll tell you my example from last year I, i'm drafting jacobs in the sixth round in july august and then he appears that um he he comes out in the preseason and he returns kicks and this just blew the mind of the entire fantasy world. You remember that, Balky? Yep. He's returning mm-hmm. kicks. They must be going to trade him. And then he went down to the eighth, and sometimes even the ninth position. And that's what I said. You know, sometimes we uh, collectively know. I won. I won uh, two thousand dollar buy in Yahoo leagues last year, and in both leagues, uh, I had uh, I had Jacobs in either the fifth there or the seventh. Go. Because he was was falling so far, the value you're getting out of fifth or seventh round, you know, starting running back like that on a team with a – you have to look at the quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. If you have a mid-tier quarterback and a running back that has proven they can be at least reasonably durable and put yards up, put touchdowns up, you're going to get points. Yeah, This is why Derrick Henry, even though he's getting old, like, yeah, I mean – Go get some Derrick Henry, especially if you can get him at value. I mean, why not? Even if Jacobs had given you 200 carries, 900 yards, and six touchdowns, you would have considered it a success. So, <laughs> you know, and and uh, by the way, I'll admit I was one of those people who said, "Whoa, I don't know, I don't know about this, guys." Once I see the guy returning kicks, man, like I was one of the. I probably said on the show too, and I was wrong. I was dead wrong. Won't be the first time. Uh, and it definitely uh, it wasn't the first time, and it definitely won't be the last. Um, we do have a question from the YouTube chat here uh, for you, Josh. This is from the Fuffle Master. He wants to know, from a player who's new to the FFPC, what are your thoughts on stacking? How important is that? Is stacking going to be when you get to the FFPC main event where you want to correlate that quarterback with a tight end, with a receiver, with multiple pass catchers? How important is that to you? 
Well, I'll go back to the fact that I'm a math guy. Um, you can either really win big or you can lose big. Uh, <laughs> correlation is it, it, it's it's sometimes really great or it's super punishing. Um, you know, I had a lot of uh, shares of the the Burrow Chase last year, uh, two years ago rather, uh, during just you know Chase's breakout season and bode very well. Last year, you get a Burrow Chase. Those first, I don't know if you're making it, you know. Those first seven, eight weeks when things were going not so great, you know, what, what, what are you doing there? Um, I try not to stack, actually. Um, the reason being, I, I it, it, you're, you're trying to guarantee prolificness from two people on the same team. And the probability of that is probably lower than trying to get a really good, uh, you know, really good quarterback and a really good wide receiver from two different teams. And now you don't have the, correlated injury potential or the correlated you know we lose you know you lose a, a great guard or a great tackle even on some of those teams and all of a sudden you're losing 15 20 percent of your production it can impact both of those players and also so it's not even just hurting that player it's hurting the players that are, are really amplifying those players so uh, I, I actually don't stack i'm not a big fan of stacking interesting and Dizzle's a fan of your take too on this. So, and, and it's refreshing because oftentimes we hear so much. I think it was like once DFS like sort of like took the, the the world by storm, whatever that was, five, six, seven years ago or whatever. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years after that, people started stacking in season long competitions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, Trying to stack. If you're stacking on daily, right? You're you're gonna if you're it, gonna it's play daily, different animal, totally different animal. Sense. Yeah, especially but, but, tournament play. But right. season long, it, it can hurt you a lot. It can, it can, and I think like like it wasn't then when we heard stacking and season long. It was a couple of years later where people were talking about this, like especially when you talk about the FFPC main event where you have those big money weeks at the end. A lot of times teams will be like, okay, well I'm not going to win the million dollars unless I go for broke and, and just hope for a big game from the Cincinnati Bengals or the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs or something like that. Which I understand the argument for it, but I think you're opening your mind up. Um, here tonight, if you're watching this and, and hearing Josh's take, there is a there is another side to it, and there's another side to perhaps winning the million dollars without stacking, which we've seen grand prize winners without stacking before. Um, you are drafting Sunday night, Josh. We're going to be covering your draft right here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. You're drafting 11th. Um, Evan Silva from Establish the Run is 10th. Alex Dunlap from uh, Roster Watch is 12th. Now these guys have. Both drafted in pros versus Joes before. Evan Silva is a longtime FFPC main event player as well. I'm kind of curious um, your strategy from the 11 spot. And if I were to ask you who you are sort of targeting or hoping falls to you at the 11 and then again at the 202, who are those players? Yeah. I mean, fall wise, like if, if Justin Jefferson's there, like I'm there <laughs> all day, if I'm there all day, I, I, I mean, and it's it's hard to say that as a Packers fan, obviously. Uh, I don't see that happening, but if it did, I'd, I'd love to see it. Uh, more realistically, though, you know, you're you're probably looking at maybe a Jonathan Taylor. Some folks that are a little afraid of like the running quarterback, running, uh, you know, taking away some of those carries. Um, I'd love to get some shares of JT. Uh, I'm not sure he falls to 11 though. Uh, in terms of fading, like uh, if you play for the Buccaneers, I'm not drafting you. Um, it's just not going to happen. Uh, you know, in terms of targets though, overall, um, you know, that, that, that I think if I look at the, the whole of the draft and players that I think are going to kind of pan out in wonky places, when you're playing with pros, 
um, the, the margins are very slim. Uh, I don't see a lot of these players shifting too drastically, but um, if a Garrett Wilson is available there for me, especially, um, you know, if I, on the turn uh, back around, cause you know, that, that this, I'm going to be uh, getting my next pick, you know, in the thirties, I'm, I'm taking every share of Garrett Wilson I can get, but um, not a hot take. Maybe it's a hot take. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's a whole, it's a Homer call. It's a Homer call, but like, I think Christian Watson is a top 10 wide receiver this year. Yeah, there you um, go. Uh, even in PPR, I think Christian Watson is going to be top 10. I think he's getting drafted way too low. Um, and I'm telling you, folks, uh, people are sleeping on Burrow again. And I think this is the year. I think this is the year that Burrow just blows the hell up. Uh, and, and this might be one of the most prolific seasons we've seen from a quarterback in a while. I think this is going to be a great Burrow season. So, Balky, is is Josh bracketed by two pros? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Josh, you got no problems. Uh, you're going to be just. You're going to be just. <laughs> I, listen, I, I, I like the vote of confidence. I like you the vote of confidence. No problems. No, you, like, you got the luck of the draw. Now, if you were bracketed by like uh, Danny Mueller and Chad, Chad Schroeder, then we'd have some problems. You know. Yeah. You, you know. You know what I mean. And neither one of them, they're not even in this draft uh, as far as FFPC Pro. Now, he will contend with John Terry, who's in the YouTube chat. He'll be drafting that night. Jeff Tiribasi, uh, the Corn Fins, will be in that draft as well on Sunday night. But I will say this, and Dizzle's pointing this out. You know, oftentimes the pros are not familiar with the format or they, they, they don't do a whole lot of FFPC drafts. And you can really take advantage of the pros in this. I think <laughs> the, the, I'm telling you the Joe's history – um, as far as overall champions and how high the Joes finish on the overall leaderboard, it's really, really good compared to how the pros usually finish in the, this competition. The, the, the Joes are like right behind Father Time in being undefeated. <laughs> it's Father Time than the Joes. In the, in the FFPC best ball tournament over the last three days for ADP, this again, according to fantasymojo.com, Jonathan Taylor, 204, Garrett Wilson, 204. Um, Joe Burrow is at the 4 0. No, am I looking at the right one? No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Not, no, I'm sorry. So, not- no, I'm not. Jonathan Taylor, 204. Garrett Wilson, 203. Joe That's Burrow, 405. Christian Watson at the 412. And as the Dizzle just pointed out here in the YouTube chat, if you really wanted to, there is a high probability, Josh, that you could start off your draft from the 11th spot Sunday night with Jonathan Taylor, Garrett Wilson, Joe Burrow, and Christian Watson. That's not a bad way to start. Let's get some. I'll tell you what, if, I, if, if that's what I'm looking at when I'm going into number five, I'm good to go. And for all the pros that are going to be drafted against me, uh, just just take everything I just said to heart. Make sure that you put that right in your memory bank. And when I do the opposite, just be ready. <laughs> hey, let's let's throw in uh, – We farrell has got one more question, but I want to get to a couple of emails that came in for you, Josh, uh, before we sign off tonight. Doug in Wichita – he writes, uh, how is Calvin Ridley going to affect the output of Christian Kirk this season? Which is interesting because, and thank you for the email, Doug. You know, you look at the Jaguars last year. They, they had a pretty good season. Travis Etienne was really good. Evan Ingram had a breakout. Kirk was awesome, obviously. But now you bring in Calvin Ridley into this. And I think he's kind of polarizing. There's a lot of people that think he's going to have a minimal impact. There's a lot of people out there that think he's going to have a massive impact. Um, what are your thoughts on Ridley versus Kirk this year, Josh? I... I would still go Kirk. Uh, I, it, I'm not. I, I don't know if I uh, hard to trust is the right word in terms of, of output, but it's kind of one of those. Um, 
I, I don't want to put too much stock in it. Now, if if if, if Ridley falls, uh, you know, two or three rounds from ADP, I'll pick him up, and that's worth a flyer. But uh, I think right now, if I remember ADP, he's going somewhere around like the seventh or eighth round. I have to go back and look. He, he's going earlier than I would want to. I would want to put some stock into him. FFPC best ball tournament. He's actually going in the early fourth right now. Calvin Ridley is. That's way um, too high. Yeah, and, and I'm with high. you. I, I would not be taking him at that spot. Christian Kirk, on the other hand, 508 as the wide receiver 25. Sure. I take Kirk all, all the way in. Absolutely. Kirk all the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one more email here for you, Josh. This is um, uh, we we can we okay. Let's let's do this. Let let's ask this from this standpoint. Johnny in Salisbury, Maryland. Hey, Josh, what's your plan of attack and beating the pros this year? Good luck, man. Thank you for the email, Johnny. I think we should look at this from the from the aspect of, you know, you're going to be drafting with all these um, super experienced, well, not super experienced, but more often than not, some pretty experienced FFPC players in Las Vegas in September. But you're also in all these leagues that you've been very successful at on Yahoo or what have you uh, over the past half decade plus. I'm kind of curious, how do you shift strategy knowing that six of the players in this league are going to be people that basically do this for a living. Hmm. Yeah. Best ball uh, requires a little bit of a different strategy, um, you know, because you're, you're locked in. Um, and so you, I think, you know, even in normal uh, redraft leagues, uh, depth is almost always a premium. Uh, having depth uh, comes into play everything for bye weeks. You'll always have an injury here or there. Um, and so I think depth is key. I think that my strategy, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a math guy. And so I try to look at how I can put statistically the, the, the most probable to succeed team. Not, I don't, I don't always, I, I'm not trying to hit home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and later in the later rounds, yeah, you try to grab a guy that you think might have a bunch of upside, particularly in best ball. Because you, you can get a whole lot of upside in best ball. Um, but uh, I, I think it's really just finding the team that has uh, some solidity to it. In, in, in redraft, a lot of times, I try to just make sure that I can compete at the top four. If I can get into the top four, I've got a shot to win it all. Um, and so I just try to have a steady team that can, that can really get me to the end. Um, I know a lot of folks that try to hit the home runs. Um, that will, you know, I, I know a lot of people say, take the best player, take the best player. But, you know, then all of a sudden you've got a team with eight wide receivers and two running backs or, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I'm not, a, and I'm also not a big, I, I heard you, you all talking about uh, zero RB. Um, I've, I've tried it. It's never worked. Uh, it's really, really hard to come out on top with a zero RB strategy just because there is a, especially in best ball too. Best oh, best ball, yeah, you're screwed yeah. if you try yeah. if you tried that in best ball. Yeah, so so really for me, I think I'm going to stay the course with what's worked in the past. Uh, I might modify a little bit, but um, bring it, pros. I got you. Yeah, that's right. Well, I did, Augie, that was a very elegant answer, Josh, and it was a, a perfectly stated question. Who was the emailer? Who sent that in? That was Johnny in Salisbury, Maryland. Johnny in Salisbury, Maryland. I'll tell you exactly how Josh is going to do it. He's going to show up. That's how he's going to be. <laughs> He's going to beat the pros. Now, in this year's NFL draft, uh, NFL season, who is a player that is going to show up but not bring the skills? Is not going to be on your fantasy team? Is not that I don't want you to say he's a bust, but I just want you to say that he's not for you. He's not going to win anything for you. And then please, 
Give us a sleeper that you really, really love. Because we've talked about a lot of players here tonight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't really want anybody that's a single-digit draft pick player. I want a guy that is is going to be this year's Pacheco, this is Watson from last year with all the touchdowns. Who is that guy? But who's another guy that you won't have a thing to do with? Yeah, um, I hate saying this because, man, I, I, I have had some great years and a lot of success drafting him. But I think this is a down year for Eckler. Um, I just do not. I, I, I have concerns. We're starting to get into that age territory. Um, I honestly think Herbert is is starting to hit his stride. Uh, it's going to be a real pass-happy season. So I'm a little bit worried about Eckler, particularly if he's going in the top three, four, or five. You know, that, so, that starts to scare me. Yeah. So um, I, I'm probably staying away from Eckler. Um, <laughs> I, I know it's going to sound really weird based on how you phrased that, but like, who better to, uh, uh, to to catch in the late rounds? Uh, you mentioned Pacheco. Who, who better than Pacheco? I mean, where he's going so right I now. Rate you are disqualified from that. <laughs> yeah, we've already exhausted that. You okay. Know? All right. I'll go a little you bit. You were in the, uh, the green uh, room eating the the, the, the the smelly fish, the piece with the bone in it. I still don't know what the reference is. <laughs> the piece with the bone in it. You were eating the piece of fish with the bone in it. You know, we, we talked about Pacheco. No. Let's have a sleeper. James Young has one. You're on the show. You must bring us a sleeper. It is a real. Um, I I don't know why uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is is going where he is right now. I, mm-hmm. I like. I just think the talent's there, and as a possession receiver, uh, big body guy can also have an explosive play. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes, you know, 20, 30% higher than where he's being drafted right now. It's fantastic. Okay. I can agree with that. Yeah, wide receiver 34, uh, 704 in he's the FFPC that best ball tournament. That's, well, this is best ball. I'm, I'm oh, citing okay. best ball right now. Um, he is going right behind Tyler Lockett, Marquise Brown, Kadarius Tony. He's going right ahead of Mike Evans, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, and the speedster, Jordan Addison. Did you see can what we, I did can there? You, where, where are you at? I, I, I get to ask one question in response. Go ahead. Where are you, all on, where are you all on Kadarius Tony? I just cannot buy into this yet. I just can't do it. So, if, so I, you go first, Bob. Dizzle came into work the other day and he was asking me about, I, I don't know if it was a Scott Fishbowl team or something, but he's like, Balky, uh, Mike Evans or Kadarius Tony? And I thought about it and I thought about it and I knew that. Probably going to be Baker Mayfield in Tampa, and it's Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. But I just feel like I've been teased with Kadarius Tony now for a few years, and he's had these flashes, whereas Mike Evans has this massive body of work. And and so I ended up telling him, I think Evans over Tony. And for me, it's just like it, it, it's kind of you know I, I, we saw what happened last year without Tyree Kill, right? Travis Kelsey had a Bafo season. Marquez Veldes Scantling was still involved. I know there's a lot of pundits out there that that are talking up Sky Moore this year as well. They drafted Rashi Rice pretty high, so I think for me, I'm I'm, I'm kind of staying away from Tony. I might grab him in one, maybe two Kentucky teams this year when I'm drafting in the KFFSC, but he's certainly not a target for me, Josh. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I I one of the th- one of the folks that you pointed out there too. Um, you know, when you talk about Scott Moore, like. I think that this that team is starting to design it around design itself around dis- distribution. Uh, Tyreek Hill absorbed a ton of targets, I, but I, I'm worried about Kelsey this year. So I think there's going to be some more distribution. There'll be some more targets available. I don't know that Kelsey 
I worry Kelsey doesn't play every game this season, and he's not going to get quite the target share just because we're starting to have the age factor there. But yeah, um, but yeah, I, I agree on Tony. I, I would take I, I I might violate my no Buccaneers policy if I had a Tony versus uh, Mike Evans versus decision to make. <laughs> uh, I, I think I might take Mike Evans there. Um, no Buccaneers policy is a great fantasy football team name that I might have to use in Kentucky. Farrell, your <laughs> thoughts on Kadarius Tony? Um, this is the year, guys. I, and, and you can – he's a bargain. So so go ahead and take take advantage of the bargain. Bonky, you got a, you got a mojo on it? On Kadarius Tony and yes, Fantasy sir. Pros? Yes, sir. I will shortly. And, and <laughs> I closed the window. I had it, I had it up for, for best ball. Kadarius Tony in the Fantasy Pros Championship over the last three days. Wide receiver 31 at the 6-12 behind Kirk, Ayuk, and Mike Williams. Right ahead of Marquise Brown, Tyler Lockett, and Mike Evans. Uh, he's he's a better fit for this format than most of those players, I think. And I, I think that that uh, there's so much invested in him uh, by the teams that it's in the scouting community, it's in the coaching community, and it's in the front office. It's not financial investment. He's still on his rookie deal, but there's belief in him. And you know what? These guys are convinced that they're going to win and they're going to win their way. And he's part of their way. And so I, I wouldn't go too far away from, from that. Farrell has given me a lot to think about tonight, um, for sure. And perhaps not as much as one Josh Latz has not given you to think about <laughs> um, in, in terms of reevaluating the way I think. Because I – Listen, the fresh perspective we get from you tonight is I know our viewers loved it. Our listeners loved it. I loved it. Farrell loved it. The American people loved it. Everybody loved it, Josh. And the fact that we got it from a Packers fan makes it all the even even more reason. Go, go Pack, go indeed. Josh, I got this great list of things that I get to do in Las Vegas this year. Just added meet Lily Latz. I mean, there's, there's just some fantastic stuff going on. As long as Bulky's not around, because that beer gets I, no, in the listen, way, man, I might be going home alone. Like, no, I don't, don't want to risk Here's that. the thing. Here's the thing. I've already made promises to, pe- to, to, the, to the powers that be. I will be clean shaven for Vegas. So your <laughs> wife, you have nothing to worry about. I will not have a beard out there. It's going to be all good. Um, Guys, I can't wait to meet you out there, honestly. It's going to be fun. Uh, and- I'm looking forward oh, to Oh, Josh, you're going to meet him in Kentucky. Again, I'd love to. Yeah. You're going to meet him in Kentucky first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> exactly. And Dizzle pointing out to me, Bulky has no game. No worries. It's true. I don't. And like the, the one woman I had game with, I married. And I've been with her now for, for Same decades. here, man. Virtual yeah, exactly. high five right there. Yes, right vir- virtual high five. I'm there with you, you on that. <laughs> um, we will watch you draft your team from the 11 spot. In the pros versus Joe's league number one, that is the red right hand uh, league that is coming up at eight o'clock Eastern time on Sunday night. We'll have live coverage here. Josh, I'm going to send you another email uh, tomorrow with a link. If you want to drop in for five, 10 minutes during your draft Sunday, we'd certainly appreciate it as well. Your insight was great tonight. Good luck in pros versus Joe's and good luck becoming the next FFPC millionaire as well. Awesome. It's a season of love, man. Go Pack Go. Have a good one. Go Pack Go. I love it. Josh Latz, ladies and gentlemen, my new favorite FFPC player. Uh, anytime you're you're gonna come in with the Packers love, I'm gonna I'm gonna reciprocate right back. So great stuff from him. Um, now Dizzle is telling me that I have to keep the beard, which I don't. Think, up. Uh, I don't. I, Lily, I don't. I, I don't Lily know if I came in with a quote. It, that, that Lily is impersonating the, the Dizzle on YouTube right now. 
I don't know. Maybe I can trim it up and get a haircut and it'll be all good, but it's not something I'm thinking about right now. Bring it like it is now, Bulky. Everybody loves it. Yeah, well, I don't know about everybody. Um, no. we, I already told you I shared way too much about my wife's anti-proclivities to the beard tonight, which was not mm. great. Farrell, once again, we have jammed way too much show into 60 minutes. We have no time for emails, but we'll try to get to them next Friday. Um, yeah. I certainly appreciate you coming on. I do believe it is just me and you on on sunday night covering the pros versus joes but i know turp is probably going to make an appearance on either monday or tuesday's show oh, or perhaps turp's always welcome yeah uh farrell we will continue to register for leagues at kffsc.com we will oh, follow good. kentucky fantasy football state championship on twitter at kffsc official thank you so much my friend always a pleasure hanging out with you it's been too long let's never let it let get this long again i will talk to you on sunday see you buddy Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. I want to thank him. I want to thank Josh Latz, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and, of course, each and every one of you. By the way, I didn't give those guys a shout-out. Rob is um, our audio engineer and our mutual friend. Bryce is my best friend, of course, and, and our producer. No, Rob's the producer. Bryce is the audio engineer. I'm sorry I mixed it up. Sunday night is when this uh, show goes live again. Pros versus Joes, red right hand, league number one, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, the pros will feature uh, Todd Burroughs from Sharp Football Analysis, Sigmund Bloom from Football Guys, Billy Musio from Player Profiler, Bob Lung from Big Guy Fantasy Sports, Evan Silva of Establish the Run, and Roster Watches Alex Dunlap. Those six pros will go against the six Joes of Jahoon Kim, Jeff Tirabasi, John Terry, Justin Bacon, Troy Wells, and of course our guest tonight, Josh Latz. That is at 8 o'clock Eastern Sunday night. Don't miss it. Now, this show will be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We cover the pros versus Joes. This particular version of the HSFF Hour is back this uh, coming Friday. We will go live again at 10-9 Central. We're going to have some more pros versus Joe's drafters. The brother team, brother and brother team of Jeffrey and Alan Eidelman, they're going to join us next Friday, or this coming Friday, I should say, to talk about their experiences playing in the FFPC, gunning for that million-dollar grand prize in the main event, and, of course, their pros versus Joe's team as well. In case you missed it, you can watch yesterday's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on Better Sports Network on any of the FFPC social media channels with yours truly and Fantasy Pros Andrew Erickson. A lot of fun there, two-hour show that will really help you out for the Fantasy Pros Championship. We got through a lot of content that I think is going to be worthwhile to watch, so make sure you're watching that. And then this coming Thursday at 7, 6 Central, we'll have another two-hour show. Guest TBD on that, but I'll have a great guest that we'll chop it up with for two hours and make you a better fantasy player, hopefully. Uh, you can win a million dollars in the FFPC main event. I don't know if I said that tonight. I'm going to say it again. One million dollar grand prize in the FFPC main event. Almost a six million dollar prize pool. Two hundred thousand dollars to second place. It's the biggest prize pool we've ever had for the main event. Register now at myffpc.com. Fantasy Pros Championship. There's a midnight draft tonight. Is it filled yet? I don't know if it's filled. It is not filled. Let's fill it up. I'm commissioning that one. We'll hang out. I'll watch you draft. I'll talk about it on the show on Sunday. It's going to be great. Register for the Fantasy Pros Championship at myffpc.com. Again, a one million dollar grand prize. We've never done that before in this contest. So that means you have a two chances or multiple chances if you join multiple times. But we're giving away two separate $1 million grand prizes this year with the FFPC. Dynasty League is available at myffpc.com as well as a plethora of other options for you as well. Thank you so much for watching. Your weekend starts now, and we will talk with you on Sunday night. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. 
Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Uh, the Dizzle just pointing out right now, ladies and gentlemen, in that midnight draft, only five teams left. It starts in 44 minutes. Uh, make sure you're registering for that right now. This could The million-dollar team could come tonight. You never know when you're going to draft the million-dollar team. It could be you. It could be tonight. I will see you in the draft room. Thanks for watching, everybody, and I'll see you Sunday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time for the launch of the 2023 Pros vs. Joe's Challenge. It's going to be the best year ever. Thanks for watching, everybody.